0: I'm Erin. And I'm Allie. I've drank for the past four nights straight and I'm reevaluating all of my life choices.
1: And I'm a little bird.
0: And we hate cheep, everything. Cheep, cheep, cheep. Was that bird speak? Yeah, <laughs> that was... For we hate everything. Tweet, tweet. Hit. First things first. I'm the realist.
1: Uh, I think... I hate you. I love you. I hate you. I love you. I hate you. I'm so confused. Um, I think we need to write a new letter. Okay. Before we get started. Well, do we? Yes.
0: Dear, Dear John McCain, McCain, John McCain. <laughs> we're sorry on the technicality. However, so you are the hero for voting no and then flopping and voting yes when well, two female senators a bit have endured a lot of threats yes. and have bit said mean, no from the beginning. Yes, Why Collins, are you getting yes, all of the McCarthy. credit? This is to quote a Twitter:
1: "Every work meeting ever, except that if he hadn't done it." We would be so, so, dear John so, McCain, so we fun. are
0: eternally grateful, but like, thank you for doing the basic human decency thing. I just feel a little bad
1: for calling him out so <gasps> we hard. We recorded last week. it
0: that immediately, and then literally, immediately, 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 I woke up to a text from Aaron being like, He voted
1: no. How do I feel? <laughs> Very confused is the answer, John McCain. Uh, dear John McCain... Like we said, you're a maverick. Dear John McCain, thank you for uh, reminding me that the world is a confusing place where any and mm. all things are possible. Uh, thank you for reminding me that human beings are uh, contain multitudes yep. and are a study in contradictions. Uh, you have always been a figure in my life that I cannot rely on uh, for anything, <laughs> including my own feelings about you because consistency. sometimes I'm all about it and sometimes I really hate you. Uh, but right now, uh, currently I am, uh, all about it. So like have fun, uh, hang out with your daughter, go home. Uh, they went on a hike, but That's why do cute. I know this? I don't know the internet. Um, and Thank you for your service, both to our country uh, as a prisoner of war and also in our Senate, but only this week. You've done a lot of other terrible things. Okay, bye. (laughs) Love, Aaron. Dear John McCain. Oopsies. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag, um, oopsies, hashtag, hashtag oopsies hashtag retraction hashtag but not really no but like no retraction because like maybe if you just hadn't voted yes on the motion to proceed we wouldn't have even like had to do that whole dramatic right, we, wouldn't thing. Had to, we wouldn't have had to like done the shit uh, <laughs> it's like up john late to watch the olympics
0: right it's oh like do i care about curling uh, dear john mccain yes, what's up the dog? Is yes
1: yeah hey girl
0: hey john mccain listen Whatever fucking road you took to get to your no vote, whether it be completely nefarious and on purpose so that you come out looking like a hero, or that you literally came to your senses and the internet has dogged you enough to where you were like, mm, hey, maybe humans deserve health care. Whatever road you took, glad you got there.
1: Um, I'm- Well, to be fair, I just want to be fair. In his speech, after he voted yes on the motion to proceed, he said he would vote no on On the bill, in its current form, he just wanted to open the floor to debate and amendments. So maybe that was actually true. We all thought he was bullshitting us, but maybe that was actually true. Dear Republicans in
0: Congress, go (laughs) fuck yourself in general. Including Uh, you, John McCain, except for uh, Collins. (laughs) And who's the other Republican?
1: Murkowski. (laughs) And Murkowski. Y'all rock. Keep holding strong. But also, like, they probably have a lot of other really problematic ideals. So, like, let's not give a full endorsement. But like, thank you for this particular. I love one how you're being you cautious did. about
0: the woman, and I'm being cautious about John McCain. So I'm we're like cautious, cautious about um, like everything. Because <laughs> after we full slammed him,
1: we like got eye on our face a little bit. I mean, I didn't really feel. I felt perfectly justified in everything we said. Yes. A thousand percent. Because insane. again, John McCain is a study in contradictions. He can both suck my dick and also accept my eternal gratitude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The
0: world is a complicated place, Allie. What are we drinking? Humans are crazy. We're drinking an actual 40 of rose Yes, y'all. we
1: are. Yes, we are. It yes, is 40 are. ounces of rosé. And you know what shape it is. It's that 40 shape.
0: It's that 40 shape. We're drinking it currently out of a paper bag because we have to be hashtag because on brand.
1: that's who we are. That's who
0: we are. No, it's also because we have to, like, keep it a secret from, like, the one who, like, didn't... Buy it, but I got back and we had a 40 of rose that Aaron had bought previously for a Game of Thrones party we had on Sunday. I mean, a
1: gathering, not
0: quite a party. (laughs) It started as a party, it became a gathering. But. She was like, we, we could just drink that 40 that we bought. And I was like, I bought another 40. So don't worry about your 40. I bought a 40. Guys, we have so many 40s of rosé in this house right now. It's amazing. It's
1: great. Because it's, it it's is. It's lit, like the kids are saying. It's lit. It's we lit. out here. It's lit, fam. I, you know, I didn't say that last uh, night while we were face, watching <laughs> the Game of Thrones, but I really wanted to say it because like Eric, our dear friend from of Bachelorette fame, we out here.
0: We out here.
1: Um, We were out there literally outside watching game of thrones on the projector again if you're following the saga yeah it's still bomb
0: this is what we do in our lives if you are friends and live in los angeles please invite yourself
1: yeah because like we invited some people and then like they didn't come (laughs) (laughs) whatever
0: anyway this has pinot noir grapes and uh some other fucking great
1: fucking good
0: yeah the guy i picked it up from was just like i was like what's in this Fournier rose he's like Rosé, but like, in it's fun packaging, but it's actually very good wine. I was like, I trust you.
1: Well, I talked to Greg on Sunday. What did
0: Greg say
1: about the forty? I mean, Greg was all about it. We also talked about the Pool Party Rosé because it had a fancy label, but then we went with the 40 because why the fuck
0: not? Why the fuck not indeed. Greg is our wine whisperer. Greg. He also said the Muscadet is super dry and really great. I, that, the guy who sold me this 40 also told me that the muscadet was... The guys who... The people who make the um, the 40 of Rosé also make a white wine um, with, like, a nice turquoise A rainbow. muscadet.
1: Don't get confused. A it's muscadet. not Moscato. You trashy motherfuckers. We are way classier than you that. You trashy motherfuckers we who just listened to one Nicki of Minaj wine.
0: song and got some Moscato. It's not that good.
1: That's too sweet for us, too really. Too sweet. You know... We're refined. We're super refined. We like to drink good wine with our, like, fucking gummy bears and uh, peanut m This is our lives. This This is is our lives. We're living our truth. We're living our best lives, and I feel amazing right now. I was out and, like, there was a wine menu,
0: and the person I was with was like, I don't know about wine. I was like, I do. Pick between
1: these two bottles. This is what they'll taste like. Yes, queen. I felt classy as shit. You are a classy motherfucker. Thank you, ma'am. You're so welcome. (laughs) I feel like we're really connecting this week, Allie. So
0: we had two glasses of wine so far, and let me just excuse the crinkle sounds.
1: Allie, I hate you so much right now.
0: You constantly hate me. We each have, like, another glass of wine left in this 40. That's how much um, wine glasses are in a 40, evidently, so all y'all people playing, like, Edward Forty Hands, you're drinking six glasses of wine per forty, except it's malt liquor, and like if you have if you're playing Edward Forty hands, you have two.
1: This is the first thing we thought of. Like and also I think I might I think I figured out who young guy is. When you talk about young guy, oh yeah. Who's wearing a baseball cap
0: D name but he's
1: not eli but he looks almost like eli but he and i we were talking about playing edward 40 hands with 40s of rosé and how amazing that would be
0: i love silver Lake wine and the fact like, that we're, how like, how can you
1: be like the classiest and the trashiest simultaneously which is he what was like aim for to i be know honest. and they are so with us on that and he was like yeah we should just sell these with a roll of duct tape i'm like you are my life ring like you you get a complimentary roll of duct tape okay, with like these Allie, two bottles. let's be honest though We are the only ones going into Silver Lake Wine that would want to fucking do that. Are we? We are the trash raccoons of Silver Lake Wine.
0: (laughs) Have you been in our neighborhood? I strongly suspect that our neighborhood is full of trash raccoons that are humans and not actual raccoons. (laughs) Also, actual raccoons. (laughs) Actual raccoons! (laughs)
1: Definitely both.
0: We're trash raccoons. We need shirts. If we were a softball team, we would be the trash raccoons.
1: Can we make a softball team just so we can call the trash (laughs) raccoons? We would be so bad. Guys, I suck at (laughs) softball. Well, same. It would just be like... I played for the John Rosenfeld Dreams for a short time. (laughs) Our mascot
0: is a dream.
1: Yeah, the dreams. I hate us. I hate us, too. That's our acting studio. I played on my acting studio softball team.
0: Just like... I'm the worst person that ever personed.
1: the Actually, that ever there's a lot of other people that are very good, but some people are a little too intense. You know who you are. And I had to stop playing because I felt really bad for letting them down <laughs> with my poor play and also my spotty attendance. Oh my
0: God. So I had to quit. My mom is a softball player and um, every time I go near a softball, um, I feel shame. So I stay
1: away. That's a very good call. Yep. Some of us are not as smart as others of us, and some of us have the need to prove that we can do fucking anything, and that we just have it all living inside us, so we can live our dreams. Literally. Dreams. John dreams. Rosenfeld dreams. dreams. We can live our John Rosenfeld dreams. And <laughs> oh some of God. us are wrong. It's like when I took calculus. Why did I take calculus? No one knows. Because I had to prove that I could. I couldn't. Oh. I couldn't. They were like,
0: after I took pre-calc, they were like, do you want to take calculus? I was like, absolutely not. (laughs) See? Smart. Allie? Smart. I went out to bang. The last math class I took, I got a hundred on my pre-calc final. I felt great. I was like, this is the end of my math career. Bye! I'm so proud of you. Thanks, ma'am. But also very jealous. So, Erin, follow-up question. How much of that uh, calculus... Have you locked into memory, and do you use it in your regular day-to-day
1: life? (laughs) Oh my god, I said a joke? That's so cool. Sometimes I think about sign curves. That's as far as we get.
0: (laughs) Sometimes it helps me understand puns on t-shirts.
1: Yeah, no, literally. Like, that's all. (laughs) That's it. Like, I understand pop culture nerd references slightly better because I took calculus. I mean... That's it. I went to fucking art school, Allie. I know. It never did shit I for did me. Too. Why am I so... Yeah, but you made the right choice, and I made the stupid choice. Yeah. And the other thing... You know the other thing that I would have studied if I hadn't gone to art school was, like, journalism or ethnomusicology. What Do the you think... fuck is ethnomusicology? It's like studying music of, like, other places where, like, you, you know, Western civilization, like, has not even arrived yet. I don't uh, like that. Anyway. Anyway. The point is, I wouldn't have needed calculus for that shit either. So, why did I take it? No one knows. Allie. What's up? What do you hate?
0: I hate first grade boys. (laughs) What? (laughs) Hey, assholes between the ages of seven and eight, I don't enjoy you. I strongly suspect that your parents also don't enjoy you. You've been the worst since I started my career in childcare. Um, so to recap, today I got mansplained to by no less than three fucking seven-year-olds. Or burgeoning six-year-olds about to go into the first grade thinking they're hot shit. And I understand how evolutionarily, um, and in terms of your development... You go into kindergarten, like, not knowing anything, being like, oh, man, it's my first time in, like, a real, real school. And then by the end of kindergarten, you're like, mm, I know everything. And then you have that air about you. Mm-hmm. But that air about you is not charming to anyone who does not love you. And guess what? I don't love you, stranger boys. <laughs> I don't. So, I was at work today. I'm a nanny. Lolz. We all know this. Um, When we were in a ball pit, me and Charlotte, and we were playing a game where we were swimming across. Charlotte's the littlest one, by the the way. The three-year-old turning four. Um, We were, like, swimming across the thing. And I'm just, like, having a nice moment with, like, my kid. And my kid was not my kid. And this first grader won't stop bothering me until I see how far he can throw a ball in this ball pit. And, like, has just invited himself into my perif's. And, like, won't leave me alone. And then we were playing air hockey at this play space, and I put a dollar bill in, and I'm, like, gonna play it with my kid who's not my kid. And the guy, different fucking seven-year-old, comes over, and she's like... I you calling a seven-year-old a guy. A guy. Because at this point, if if you're mansplaining to me, you're just some fucking guy. So this guy comes over.
1: (laughs) Seven-year-old guy comes over.
0: (laughs) Fucking Trevor. Eat it. So, I put it in. He was like, me and my friend wanted to play this, but there's a piece missing. I was like, yes, it's the puck. When you put money in, the puck comes out, and then you play. He's like, but it's here. Thank you. And, like, went to take the, like, hitter thing from me. I was like, no. No. You pay money to play this game. I have grown-up money. That was not my money. That's her mom's money. But I'm, like, putting it in here. So, this is collectively our money. You can fuck right off of this game, but I didn't say that because he's a baby. So we're playing this game, and, like, I have to explain to him how and why he can't play this game while I'm trying to play air hockey with a child, and then he's like, I'm going to watch, and then watches. And then he's like, mm, and, like, stands really close to this table, and just, like, if it's hovering or stops in the middle, takes it upon himself to, like, take the puck oh, no. and then shoot it at a goal. And mind you, these are children who are learning, who are great, who are, you know... Not 100% assholes, but, like, this is where early intervention comes into place. (laughs) Because when you see these asshole behaviors, which I am so shocked, come in so swiftly at 7. I swear to God, it's like, without fail, as soon as you graduate kindergarten, men become dicks. So, I was like, you need to stop. In more or less words to these children. Um, So that was today. But, previously to this, when the, when both of my Girls were smaller, were like cli- would, like, be at a park and, like, climbing on something, and a first grade boy would inevitably be like, watch how fast I can climb up this. Or, like, I don't have a problem and, like, need to scooch past us, like, without saying excuse me or, like, being polite, just, like, busting in there, taking up all that space, being like, yo, watch me, watch me, watch me, and, like, needing all these compliments. They're like, I can do this. I'm like, yeah, how old are you? Seven. Amazing.
1: She's two. So, good let's for you. Maybe not. Yeah, it's like, oh, oh, great! You can do the thing a two-year-old can do. Wow, I'm so impressed. And I
0: don't know where in childhood development this behavior and this ego needs to come into place, but I'm noticing it in cis boys more than I'm noticing it in cis girls, and I'm a little done with it. I am dreading. The oldest one coming into first grade and having to deal with these motherfuckers at birthday parties because, Jesus God, if y'all are in bulk, I'm going to run away. Well, that sounds terrible. Yeah, they're the worst. They're the worst. They're the actual worst. I mean... And it makes me feel shitty for, like, not liking children because I love children. But if you're a first grade boy and you are in want of um, adult female attention, I'm not here for you.
1: Yeah. And I can't
0: help you. Yeah, that's fair.
1: Uh, I mean, I'm sure, like, if we knew more about children, like, we would say that, oh, it's, uh, it's a developmental stage of blah, 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 but we don't, and so they're just little dick quads.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, we can have a degree, or we could be humans existing in a space, and I'm a human existing in a space... And like, fuck these boys. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, if I ever have a son, like when I, when I got into seventh grade, my mom was like, Hey girl, I know we get along really well right now. Just letting you know, seventh grade's the worst. You're going to be the worst. I'm going to be the worst because you're going to be the worst. And, uh, that's just where we're going to live for a year. Okay, cool. And I feel like that would happen to me if I had a son and he were to, um, graduate kindergarten.
1: Yeah. That is a bad age for boys, I feel like. Bad age for it's boys. It's just a real bad age. It's where the machismo comes in, like, full-fledged. Like, yeah, and, like, I just, I am remembering only from, like, my own days of, like, elementary school boys. Mm-hmm. They were bad and mean, and I didn't like them. Yeah. And they were they made fun of me, and they were mean. Although, if I'm being honest, the boys made fun of me until I was in the 7th or 8th grade. So. 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 Probably so. Actually, sixth grade is when it mostly stops, except for Nico. You know who you are because I just said your fucking name. Um, yeah, he kept making fun of me, but it it got confusing after that, Mm -hmm. you know, because like then it was like, well, is this boy really making fun of me, or like, is he really into me? Like, what's happening? You know?
0: Yeah, I stopped getting made fun of after middle school, but not like for any positive reasons. I just got ignored in high school. Mm. It's confusing to make fun of
1: someone when they, like, legit have boobs, you know? Yeah. It's confusing. Yeah. You start to question their motives. (laughs) That's real. Yeah. But, no, I I definitely, like, had a lot of negative experiences with boys. But much like the adult versions, like, these children will not leave me alone until I'm
0: like, Hey, you're doing a really good job. Look at you do so well.
1: (sighs) Fuck you. Well... I will say, I think girls have a really nasty zone, too, but it starts later. Mm. Like, the girls' nasty zone, to me, starts in, like, more, like, fourth or fifth grade and goes through sixth or seventh grade. Like... Or life. Real nasty. Like, but a different kind of nasty. Just, like, mmm. I've seen
0: girls be nasty and, like, be in preschool.
1: Really? Yep. That's really sad.
0: It is really sad. But, like, early intervention, you can come in and be like, that is fundamentally unkind. And then they're like, oh, okay. (laughs) Just,
1: can we just, can we just. Can we
0: just. Can we just. Children. Children. Can we just. That's really all I have to say. Because there's nothing you can say or do to, like, convince a child to be otherwise. You just... It's evolutionary. It's personality. Well, I guess if you're their parent... You're, you're literally building yourself as a human yeah. as you go. But,
1: like, you can't parent other people's kids. And you can't immediately fix it. And that's, like, a weird thing because the parents might not be able to totally fix that. If it's... Yeah. If it occurs when they're seeking something from a stranger... The parent is inherently not a stranger. It's kind of like when I'm trying to teach Shay not to jump on people, but like she You're doesn't like, really doesn't jump, jump on, on me. me. So like I can't really train her not to jump on people because she's not jumping on me. Yeah. So that might be like a difficult conundrum for parents. It's I mean, I would assume. I just like never want parent. to blame parents for anything because parents They're doing are a doing good a good job. good job. So everyone's doing a good job except for seven year old boys. <laughs> except for
0: first grade boys do better you can do better you can can do better we believe in you you can wait through time and be in second grade and be less of a dick we hope we hope we're Mm. on our third glass we're on our third glass it's a really big glass and it's
1: the number three Woo! Mm. makes me very happy
0: it's lit fam this Mm. is an Aaron wine we didn't specify this before this wine is doing exactly two things and
1: it's doing it real real well real real well Mm, So we love this wine. It's actually better even now that it's warmed up a little. Mm. Usually I want my rosé to be as cold as possible, but I'm getting new flavors now that it's a little warmer. You know what? That
0: sounds like a wine snob thing, but as I'm drinking this, you're 100% correct. I know I am. (laughs) Uh, So on a less positive note, Erin, what do you hate?
1: Oh, boy. I hate having to make decisions that are just so far in the future. Oh, because how, 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 how does one decide what to do three months from now, four months from now, five months from now,
0: yeah,
1: six months from now, even years from now, some people need to make decisions about that stuff. It's just too much.
0: How are you going to know what your life's going to look like? It's too much.
1: And beyond tomorrow. It's really frustrating because like I fully understand why the people that want this decision from me, I'm having to make a decision about a job. That has dates kind of, like, sporadically uh, over the next, you know, four or five months. Five months, I guess. Mm -hmm. Four. No, five. Yeah. Not that that matters whether it's four or five. Guys, it's a lot. Um, And it's really challenging because... I mean, frankly, I'm a person that I kind of live my life like, I don't know where I'm going to be next Tuesday, so Mm -hmm. how am I supposed to know where I'm going to be six Tuesdays from now or ten Tuesdays from now? I will be in acting class.
0: That's as much as I know about Tuesdays.
1: Unless you book a job. That's real. And then you won't be there. And I could. And I don't know this about my life. This is the thing. It's very difficult, and I, I think sometimes as actors, like, it becomes challenging When you're weighing, like, okay, this is a guaranteed job, yes, sure. In this case, it's also a job that I've already done. So it's not a new, exciting... And It's it's exciting. Yeah. I'm not saying it's not exciting. It's a contract job. But it's not new. Mm -hmm. So it's not like, oh, my God, look at this amazing job. It's like, oh, okay, like, I've done this. Do I want to keep doing this? Yeah. And it's hard to weigh that when you're considering the myriad possibilities of like what your life could hold in the mm. next 5 months. Oh, so it's yeah. like I could and I I think you know part honestly part of the complication comes from the fact that like I'm very responsible in yeah some of the important
0: ways. Jesus god 5 months from now will be the new year. Damn. It's but a, like
1: again that is that's so, so far, far away. And it it, it feels like I like, and I understand that, like, to a lot of other people, like, this might not sound that crazy. Like, oh, planning something, you know, four months in advance. Like, if you have a nine to five and you know, like, where you are and what you're doing all the time, sure. But, like, I don't. And I, I won't. And it's hard to commit. And I think some people, you know, not to, like, toot my own horn here too mm-hmm. much, but, like... Some people would probably just say yes and then say, like, well, if something came up, I'll, I'll just renege on my commitment. But that's not really something that I would ever intend to do. Hey, toot your own horn, you're a responsible human. I am a responsible human in this regard. There are certainly other things that I'm not the most responsible about. But this is yeah. a one where, like, if I make a commitment to something, I really intend to keep it and honor it no matter what. And that's a grown-ass decision in, um, like, some fucking perspective. So go here. yeah. But it's really hard. That's, that's honestly what makes it really hard to make a decision like this. Because mm-hmm. if I say yes to this and an amazing opportunity comes up, You gotta say no. I would have to say no. Or, I would have to, you know, fuck my own integrity. Yeah. Or,
0: be really capitalist and be like, look, I have this other opportunity, it's paying me this much money, can you max out?
1: There's a whole economic question in in this as well. But, because, I mean, essentially, look, we all know, essentially, like, if somebody's paying you enough money, you'll fucking make a commitment. Yeah. But then there's so many variations of, like, well... This is, this is like enough money if nothing else comes along versus this is like enough money. Like if I don't end up losing my restaurant job because of this gig, this is enough money if, you know, so there's so many variables that come into play that like, you don't really know. Even if they matched my highest salary goals. Yeah. What if I book a feature film? What if I book, you know, there are so many possibilities for the things that could happen, That we don't know yet. And I think another thing that's been complicating it is that as I've been faced with this decision, many of those opportunities have come my way. Mm. So things have come up since I got this offer that have made me think, well, shit, if I was in the midst of this job and I got this opportunity, what would I do? Yeah. You know, if I had a chance to be in a film with an A-list celebrity and a, you know, star director, like, would I? I, what would I do? So, it's just really hard to make decisions that far in advance. And I think it's very difficult, you know, especially if you're a person who is accustomed to living your life with a sense of spontaneity. And, like, I have a lot of agility in my life and my schedule. That freelancer life, I mean... Woo. Yeah, I how mean, we live. yeah, there are things about it that are terrible. Um, like never really being sure how much money you're ever going to make ever. Oh, yeah. But there are things about it that are wonderful, which like is freedom in your freedom. day. You have the ability to say like, oh, I book a job. I booked a job that shoots tomorrow. I'm gonna let me clear my schedule. Let
0: me shuffle around all these things and yeah. cover what I need to cover, and uh, we're done. Because that's how we've set up our lives.
1: Yeah, we've set. That's not an accident. Yeah. that's on
0: purpose. Yep. We've
1: set up our lives that way. We could have set up our lives a different way, but this is what we've chosen. And yeah. so, for something to come in and like, even though it, but it even was, though it's technically like a freelancer type, thing. it is because it's like three weeks here and two weeks here and a week here and a bit. You know. Yeah. But. Those those dates being set in stone and committed to?
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, man. It's so fucking shitty. This is really hard. It is hard. I have
0: nothing to contribute other than that. Um, it sucks that I'm sorry. Yeah. And I also think it's like... Kind of something that's expected of actors that just, like, no matter what kind of opportunity we're presented, we'll just be like, yes, thank you so much. Yes, always, yes. We always say yes. Yes, always yes, always a yes. Yes, 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 yes. And that on both sides of the thing, where if we say no or have questions, then our dedication to it is also questioned, which, Mm -hmm. like, is not true. You have to be a responsible human who
1: puts money in their bank account and food in their fridge. And at the same time, you know, the next job that comes along is also expecting you to say yes, 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 yes. Immediately.
0: Yes. Even if it's so, just like, oh my God, even with same day auditions, they're just like expecting you to drop everything you have going on in your day, even if it's stacked and just be there. Yeah. Totally. No one's respectful of actors' time or yeah. management. Or And we,
1: we've had this rant before, and it, it that also came up for me this week of like... People just stringing me along. And when I had other people relying on me for information. And this was a group opportunity that Mm -hmm. came up. And I was the point person. And, you know, I do believe that everyone is doing the best they can. So I don't know what's happening on the casting director's side. I don't know if the whole shoot has been scrapped. I don't know if it's been moved. I don't know anything. But also, like, there's a reason I don't know anything. And it's because... They stopped communicating with me. Yeah. You know, it was like, we need this from you. We need this from you. We need this from you. ASAP, 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 ASAP. Everything so fast, so fast, so fast. And then radio silence. And it's like, you're not going to hurt anybody's feelings by telling me that we didn't get the job. But it was interesting, too, because that situation showed me that, like, I really do have my life set up in the way that it needs to be for me. Because even compared to other actors that I was working with, they, like, needed to know. Mm-hmm. They were like, oh, when are we going to find out? When are we going to find out? And I was like, we're going to find out when we find out because that's how yeah. these things work. And I don't blame anybody for not knowing how it works.
0: And the other frustrating side of that equation is just, like, if we haven't found out in this amount of time, we can let it go. But also even... you never
1: get a clear No. Well, in this case, I would have expected a clear no just based on, like, the nature of the communications. But oh yeah, even if you don't find out by the date you think the job is supposed to start, sometimes you find out later and they're like, we moved the dates. Can you do it tomorrow? But that's just how my life is set up that wow. I can accommodate that. And I realized that most people's lives are not set up that way. Yeah. So in a way that highlighted for me, like, the way I live, which mm-hmm. is real nice for me. Yeah. And even though it's not like, it's not the same thing as taking a nine to five for a year or going out on the road for six months, it still would throw a wrench in my ability to live with freedom. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: I think that's just really what is tripping me up right now. Damn. It's a hard decision and you don't know what I'm going to do. Yep. I feel you. Thank you. I feel hard.
0: I feel really hard right
1: now. I feel so hard right now. Thank you so much, Allie. Oh my god, of course, I will hold
0: space for you forever. Oh my god, thank you for holding space. I will hold space. Damn, girl.
1: You sound like the that fry. Love it. Fry. What do you love, girl? What do you love, girl? What do you love, girl? What do you love?
0: That was like some 60s theme song. Thank you so much. It's oh, like, a, I've
1: been working on it for approximately 10 seconds.
0: <laughs> it's like the show right before
1: The Partridge Family. It's called What Do You Love, Girl?
0: What do you love, girl? Um... Uh, ooh, I actually hate to say this. Huh? Ah! I love Ikea.
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> Y'all. Such strong feelings over Y'all. here. Y'all. Y'all. Yes, you do. You Y'all. do fucking love Ikea. Oh, my God. <laughs> you love it. I know. It's true. <laughs> it's
0: true. And just to bring it back, both of the children and Annie love Ikea. <laughs> Ew, you're all disgusting. ha, ha, ha so i love ikea and it's been a long love story it started as a young girl living in new jersey and the only ikea we had was in elizabeth new jersey that was close to us and to recap for those of us who are not from new jersey that's like kind of by the airport like halfway to the city um
1: the new yorker ikea is in red hook just yes, so which honest. is also an ass to get to. Yeah, it's terrible. Continue. A lot of New Yorkers are just
0: like, I'm going to go to Elizabeth, buy and like get... Rent a car for the day. Yeah. That's smart. Just because it's less of a hassle than fucking going That's to Red Hook. actually smart. So I... It, it has been a long... So it was this like exotic destination for me forever. What you need to know is that I had a little DIY project fiesta this week and I took an Ikea bookshelf, and I spray painted it gold, and I put all my books in it, and it's real, real nice. And It, it looks me, amazing.
1: It makes me feel real nice. I was skeptical. It looks great. That... I was just wasn't sure about that metallic paint. Yeah. I wasn't sure about that metallic finish. I thought it might look cheap. Yeah. The... It looks great. Thanks. Thank you, DIY queen of the universe. You're so welcome. Um, but also, spray paint is bae, right? Spray paint is bae. Is that what the kids are saying? I don't know. We just drank this a 40 of rosé. I think we we we've just, it? like, absorbed... We've we've
0: fully evolved into, like, millennial Charizards. <laughs> millennial we've reached Charizards. our ultimate peak truest form. Yes! This is it! We've done it! This is it. We did the thing. So we have to say bae now. We have to say bae. So uh, that is how much I love Ikea. And beyond the um, cheapo furniture, I love the dollar frozen custard cones... Never and done that. the like, little little Swedish meatballs, tiny meatball. sausages, the little sweet meatballs, that's Swedish meatball is. bitches. Like I love those. Ugh. Um, so that's what I did at IKEA.
1: But I thought we weren't eating meat anymore because of
0: oh we were and then oh yeah we weren't we and weren't Okja. and then we were like that's a little impractical for the way you live, Allie. Let's maybe like ease our way into this, like one would a very cold pool.
1: Great. Um. Some people just jump in. Some people do just jump in. I'm just telling you. So
0: I didn't have the meatballs. I didn't have the meatballs this time. I just had the ice cream.
1: Very good. Good job. Thanks.
0: Proud of you. But I love when you walk in Ikea and you go through the showrooms and it's not like a sprawling thing. You just follow this neat little path with arrows and you see all these rooms all decked out and you're just like, oh my God. I who have no interior design foresight appreciate the aesthetically pleasing room that is before me, and I, girl, I love a bargain. So when you get out of the showroom area and you go down into the basement of treasure, and it's just like amazing, and you I also think people die in there. <laughs> no, I'm a, sure they do. It is a labyrinth of if wonders, wander not unlike the, the cave you'll never of be Aladdin. Seen again. It's like the cave in Aladdin, girl. This is what it is. And then yeah, that go. cave eats
1: you. Do
0: you know that cave eats you? Yes, and by eats you, I mean I oops spent close to $100, and no one knows where it went. Um, but that's how I go to Ikea. But this time, this time, I showed control and restraint. Just and don't I, touch the lamp. Don't touch the lamp. Actually, only touch the lamp.
1: Oh, that's right. Only touch oh, the, only the lamp. lamp. Don't touch the
0: lamp. But lights. I showed restraint. I just walked out with two, book sh- two bookcases and um, a salad spinner. So, I am psyched about the salad spinner. Thank you! Okay. It's from Ikea. Please stop yelling at me. I love yelling. <laughs> but you go, and you buy all this stuff, and it's just so cute, and so cheap, and yes, yes, in an ideal universe where I am an adult human who buys nice, nice furniture, I will not have to assemble it with an Allen wrench. We all know this. But part of my puzzle-loving brain loves putting furniture together with an Allen wrench no. with no words, just pictures. No. It's a fun-ass puzzle. No. I am about that life.
1: I am not about that
0: life. Great. This is my love, so i am a finish. That's
1: fine. Finish. And then I'm going to tell you why you're trash.
0: And this is not to shame people who, like, get Ikea and love Ikea. Because let's be real. If we are at Ikea, it's not for, like, the amazingly designed furniture and like the nice design of anything or the practicality of it. We're there for There's a bargain. We are there for a bargain. That's, That's why logical. you go to Ikea. That's why we don't go to bed, bath and beyond because I'm getting a nice, nice discount. Mm-mm. I don't do that shit either. Continue.
1: You don't No. Continue. And I'll, talk are you to home you. goods only? Continue. And I'll talk to you. I want you to finish your life. Not the whole thing. Just this part of it. <laughs> Finish your life.
0: Um, so I went to the new one in Burbank.
1: There is an Ikea lamp in this, which is done right now.
0: Yes, bitch! This Ikea lamp that belongs to Aaron Elizabeth Rye. Okay, well, Rob bought it with me, so it's, I'm going to blame him. Anyway, great. So the, we had one. It shut down. We have a newer, mo' bigger, mo' better Ikea on, like, Number, number, Ikea way in Burbank. Okay. It's its own complex, like the Googleplex. I'm obsessed with it. Great. It's wonderful. I love Ikea. It is a constant friend of mine. And I love it. The end. The end. Right. Okay. Now now you want to shit on my
1: friend? No. Yeah. I want to shit all over your friend. Um, here's my issue with Ikea furniture specifically. Okay. Um, I am very into vintage furniture, and, like, by vintage, I don't mean fancy. I mean fucking thrift store, live your life, get it, get it, get it. You're being the most um, hipster right now, but continue. You know, I don't even care. I don't <laughs> even care, because I we think... We live
0: where we live, this is our lives.
1: I I've been this way before I lived where I live. Okay. I lived on the Upper West Side. I don't know what that means. Is that hipster? No, because I would have lived in Brooklyn. I just think that uh, for for me for furniture, I just think there's so much more character. I just I prefer, and I understand that you like putting things together. I would just offer you that you could go get a shitty piece of furniture and like refinish it, and like that's a project. Great. Would you that's be willing? That's a fun project. Would you be
0: willing to transport that product for me instead of it coming in a nice compact box that I could put oh, into my car? Shit. Because guys, guess what? That's my other superpower this is is, a good point. is being a single female alone in IKEA. I am a superhero. I can lift boxes and put them motherfucking anywhere. I own that warehouse, bitch.
1: Yeah, she also made me help her carry it in from her car. I did. It was early.
0: I was like, Erin, it's a weird angle. I hate carrying this box. Help me. And she was like, okay, because she's a true friend. I am
1: a true friend. (laughs) But I also will just encourage you to branch out and maybe, like, do grown-up furniture. I
0: was like, Erin, I'm I'm going to Ikea. Do you need anything? And she was like, absolutely not.
1: (laughs) Here's the thing. I'm not mad at Ikea dishware. I'm not mad at IKEA glassware. I'm not mad at. I'm not mad at any of the things on that lower level. That's all the, the, good. the treasure trove. The treasure trove. Fine. I'm cool with the treasure trove. I mean, the only problem with the treasure trove is that, like, you're going to see your exact throw pillow in, like, all of your friend's house. That's oh, yes. a real Oh, We all
0: have the same black coffee table. Yes. We don't, though, because we're classy. Because we're classy. Also, we don't have a coffee
1: table, so fuck you. It
0: doesn't work with the architecture of our home. So,
1: my my main issue is just, like, why are we... Oh, God. I'm about to get, like, real environmental on you. Yeah. There are so many... There are so many pieces of furniture out there that already exist. Why do we need to buy brand new ones? We can buy old ones, and we can make them new to us yeah. in our hearts okay. with spray paint. Okay. Also with spray paint. Spray paint is everything. So, as we've addressed spray paint, but uh, is not only spray paint.
0: Also okay. To base, be fair, I've 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 adopted my bed from a person who was throwing it away.
1: It's IQ though.
0: I've rescued. No, my bed is not IKEA. Okay. I've rescued my dresser. Okay.
1: Um, it is repurposed in I'm vintage. not calling you out in particular. I'm just I'm calling saying out I've
0: rescued my pit bull puppies and now we're good.
1: Um Technically, I rescued the actual pit bull puppy, so I just want that to in be In this the metaphor, in this metaphor. Shay is my furniture. <laughs> Shea, okay, Shay is furniture. Great. Okay, So IKEA is in... my
0: little Boston purebred that okay, like great. I just have because okay. I like it.
1: I get it. I get it. And you know what? That's fine. And I appreciate it. And I understand you, Allie. And I appreciate you. But cool. For everyone else out there, I would just offer that maybe try not IKEA first. Yeah. Maybe and go then to Goodwill. Try IKEA.
0: Maybe if you're buying in bulk, get a U-Haul, because transporting that shit is going to be a pain in the
1: butt. It's true. You really need your dad to come visit, and then you need to rent a U-Haul van, and then you can do it.
0: But even if my dad came and visited, he'd be like, no.
1: Okay, you really need my dad to come and visit, <laughs> and then rent a U-Haul van. I will loan out my father for you. My dad would pretend for, like, a good two seconds, and then be like, I'm done. No, no. Any, anyone out there, I will loan out my father. He will help get it done.
0: I would call my father to help me pick out a house when I were to buy property and have him be like, this is the zoning, this is the layout, this is how you could, like, make your house a nice, nice space. Then I'd be like, okay, cool. Like, that's what he's good for. Thanks, Dad. Thanks, Dad. Thanks, Dads. Thanks, Dad. Thank you, IKEA. You're the true MVP
1: of my heart. Erin the Rod. Yes. What do you love? Um, here's what I love. Uh, I love Al Gore. (laughs) Great. Okay, so today I saw an inconvenient sequel, Truth to Power. Colon, Truth to Power. And I thought that when I saw this movie that my hate was going to be climate change. Yeah. Which Which we hate. huge topic, and yeah, we hate it, and I'm sure it's going to come at a later date. But as I as this film unfolded which i really think everyone should see like literally everyone do
0: we need to see an inconvenient truth as a prequel
1: no, not at all okay um i did I, have. I do remember watching that when it came out when i was like, in high school or whatever yeah. um this is a totally different film and mm-hmm. in a good way okay uh it's really really wonderful like i remember what i remember about An in- inconvenient truth is that I, I mean, it was wild, and it had a big impact on me, but it was also Al Gore doing a PowerPoint presentation. I know. <laughs> and that was the movie. This was a very different film. It was very, it was a little more narrative in a way, and it, what it, what the film does is it actually follows Al Gore around as he, like, does his life as a climate expert and activist. Ah. And it was really impactful. But in this case, what was important to me was, like, we already know all the science. Uh Uh-huh. And the interesting thing, too, is that basically all the things that people said were crazy about the first movie, like, the things that people were, like, like, he talked about, um... About flooding, about the World Trade Center site flooding. Yeah. Oh, and then it happened. And then it happened. And that was one of the things people pointed out in the video of, like, that's crazy and hyperbolic. That'll never happen. And it fucking happened. It fucking happened. We gonna die, y'all. No, no. No, no. There's hope. What was so interesting and exciting to me about watching this film and the reason that my love is Al Gore is that he... Just shows so much passion mm-hmm. and dedication yeah like this is truly a mission for him and he does not have political aspirations like he basically was done with politics after press. yeah and then the Supreme Court said, no no, mm-hmm. you cannot have the presidency. What what really gets me is that he's so passionate and, like, this is not a young man. Yeah. And he's traveling just constantly around the world and not just to promote this film. Like, this is actually his life, his constant life. He travels around. He gives these presentations and he is basically trying to convert the world to understanding, like, the gravity of this issue. And I was so inspired by his dedication. And I just felt so... Like, yes, there are moments of, like, deep, deep despair. (sighs) Deep despair. Yep. And the film had to be recut because of the... Things that happened, you know, in the election going the wrong way, or ah. and then, you know, then pulling out of the climate accord. Um, the uh, NEA, nope, that's a different thing. With not the up. NEA, but the EPA. Yes, the EPA. The, yep, yep, yep. yep. In, that got cut account. in the same batch. Uh, not, no, that it was a different. It's a different thing, but same yeah. time, guys. This administration has been a clusterfuck. I can't keep track of shit. Continue. Yeah. It's been a lot it was just really interesting and exciting to me to see somebody who's so passionate about something and has been for so long Mm -hmm. because I, I don't know if, as if so many people like really understand his history with climate change, but like Al Gore took a class at Harvard in 1968 with an acclaimed oceanographer and early climate change scientist And that was the first time that his, like, you know, he was kind of gained an interest in this, and his eyes were opened a little bit. 1968. He's been fighting climate change and trying to make it a topic, he says in the film, for 40 years. We're talking about, this is a lifelong... It's about to be 50 at this point. It's a mission. Next year it'll be 50. 50. Since he's been fighting climate change? Well, I mean, not since... No, he didn't start fighting for climate change, like, in college. He, like, then went to Vietnam and, like, then went to seminary and did all kinds of other things. I love him already. He's so great. And also, I just really enjoy him as a person, which Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people were a little surprised by, like, how charismatic he is in this film. He went to seminary for, like, what denomination? Well, Protestant, Christian... He went to seminary actually after World War, not World War Two. Aaron, what the fuck are you? He went to seminary after Vietnam because he was anti-war mm-hmm. and he was anti-Vietnam. But he went to serve because he thought it would help his father get re-elected, and his father was anti-war, so he felt like serving in the war was actually the thing that would help him stop the war. And then his father was defeated and didn't get re-elected. I so. Love him. He then went to seminary. He went on this, like, scholarship, fellowship program for people who intend to work in the secular, secular fields, yeah. but for them to, like, understand spiritual issues. And he went there because he was having a spiritual crisis uh, about, you know, how do, who am I and how do I feel about these social issues and my faith is being tested and, like, what the, what the fuck?
0: Mm-hmm. He probably
1: didn't say fuck. I don't know. I don't know if he said fuck or not. But then he went and, like, worked as an investigative journalist. And then he realized he couldn't do anything as an investigative journalist that he needed to be a lawyer so he could change the laws because all he could do as a journalist was expose, he could expose all the corruption, but he couldn't do anything about it. So then he went to law school and then his father's, sen- his father's house, former house seat in Tennessee was up and he left law school to go to Congress. I love him so much. I just really feel like he genuinely uh, wanted to make a difference and about the things that he cared about. And I know that like some of that, who knows, like history revisionist, whatever, but damn, if he's not a gangster, damn. damn. Um, and I just want to read one thing. Okay. That he actually said in an a reading film. from the book of Al Gore. A reading from the book of Al Gore. In Tennessee, we have an expression, if you see a turtle on top of a fence post, you can be pretty sure it didn't get there by itself. Come on, guys. He's talking about fucking turtles. You're so
0: charmed by him already. I'm so
1: charmed. He wears cowboy boots on stage, and that reminds me of my Pawpaw, who also wore cowboy boots. Uh, and I just
0: love him. I saw those cowboy boots this week. Papa. you had style. He had Pawpaw. so much
1: style. And like, I can, yes, I can fit in his boots, but barely. I just, I just really was inspired by him, and another thing that I was inspired by is his, not only his ability to persist in the face of such denial, I mean, basically what's happened is big money, dark money, moneyed interests have poured billions of dollars into climate change denial. Mm -hmm. That's what the turtle on top of the fence post, somebody helped get it there. Like, that's what he's saying in that, actually, in that quote is that it doesn't just happen. Yeah. That, like, everybody is contradicting all of our scientists, right? Mm -hmm. Like, we don't just contradict all the scientists just spontaneously, right? Yeah. Yeah. So... What has happened is a ton of money has been poured into climate change denial, a lot of it coming from the Koch brothers, a lot of it coming from Exxon Mobil, even when they said they stopped putting money into it, they still were, Mm -hmm. slash are, and it's a lot of dark money,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and it is a really difficult thing to fight against, because even now, like, when you Google climate change, like, if you put that into YouTube, you get a bunch of climate change denials. And which is completely insane. And you know, another thing that he said is he said that like, first we have to, part of the problem with climate change is like, we have to fix our democracy. Our democracy is broken. So like we have to fix
0: our democracy is the most broken
1: that should be in the heart place. He said, okay. He also said in the film, I, I remember him saying this, our democracy has been hacked. And he didn't mean Russia. He didn't mean... Although Russia did it. But. Yes. No, that's... But he means before that. Our demo- yeah. Our system of democracy has been hacked by, by big money. Yep. So we are responding to moneyed interest rather than people interest. Mm-hmm. And I was just really struck by how in the face of all of this opposition, in the face of all of this, like, terrible stuff, and in, and in the face of people being like, you lost the bid for presidency. You should just disappear. He said, no, there's something more important. There is something that is fundamental to humanity continuing to exist. Yeah. And I will not sit by and just god. watch it happen.
0: Oh it's my very god! Very inspired. Guys, we forget that Earth is not invincible. Mm hmm. That we live on a perfect planet at this nice, nice distance from the sun, that we breathe oxygen. And live this life. We forget that that's a luxury and an anomaly and we should seek to maintain this balance that we've struck because it's gold and taking it for granted is shit.
1: Well, and it was just so it's interesting. It's playing Russian roulette with your damn life. Well, it was it was interesting watching the Paris Climate Accords and thinking about it in the context of that the fucking terrorist attacks had just happened two weeks earlier. In Paris? Yes. At the, mm. the Bataclan and all of that. That was two weeks earlier. Like, historically, I know that's true, but I didn't really think about it. The times there. Until until the times, The but, times. But it was so interesting watching, like, all of the things that happened and how... You know, this one man, by being passionate about this one thing, was able to connect people and was able to enact change. Like, I'm not going to give away the plot. You all should go see the movie. But, like, Al Gore was more uh, instrumental in the Paris Climate Accord than I think he gets a lot of credit for. He, behind the scenes, did a bunch of shit. And he was able to do it because he had devoted his life to this one cause.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, basically after his career in politics since 2000, he has devoted his life to climate change. And I just, I was really moved by that. And I was also really moved by, he was in a, some congressional hearing and some Republican Senator was like, rah, 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 and interrupting him. And was just like really being a dick. Yeah. And he said, you know, I wish that you and I could sit down and talk without all the cameras, without all the, yeah, all the audience and just talk. And when he talks about like what it is to talk to someone that doesn't agree with you, he says that, you know, his first, his first job is to understand where they're coming from. Mm -hmm. But what I liked about it, about what he said was that, he didn't say like, "Oh, my job is to understand and then accept them." No. Mhm. His point was, "My job is to understand where they're coming from so that I know how to convince them." Yeah. You know, and it's it's not it is altruistic because the goal you have is saving the fucking planet. But which is a big goal. Yeah. But it's not the same kind of thing where people are like, I just want to understand everybody and then accept them. It's like, no, no, no. I want to understand where you're coming from so that I know how I can reach you, how I can get through to you, how my message can come across.
0: Yeah. Cause it's a lot of people who are just like, okay, great. Congratulations on these like civil liberties and like, you know, social issues and shit like that. If I don't have a job, I mean, like, mind you, coal is dying, but, like, if that's my life and my career and I don't have that anymore, my family is going to starve in a very real way.
1: And from the developing world, that's where it gets really interesting because, you know, India has a fucking great point, which is... You guys got to use coal for 150 years while you lifted your people out of poverty, while you developed your roads and highways, while you did infrastructure, while you did industry. You got to use coal. You polluted this planet. Now we are finally developing and you're going to tell us we can't use the cheapest means accessible to us? Yeah.
0: Fuck you. Again, we seek to understand there's like right on both sides.
1: There totally is. And what I thought was interesting is just watching, also watching Al Gore like evolve yeah. on that. Yeah. Where, like his first meeting was basically like, uh, he didn't, it was kind of clear that like he didn't fully understand their perspective. But as time went on, he understood their perspective mm-hmm. and like he like made shit fucking happen for them. Yeah. And I just, I was so, I was just really inspired. Yeah. I think in my own life, um, I was also inspired that inspired to get involved with the climate change stuff, but I think the most important thing we can do in regards to climate change is vote. Yep. Because vote, 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 vote. Yes, the things you can do as a human, as an individual are important, switching to solar, using, you know, renewable energy sources, using energy-efficient light bulbs and whatever the fuck, great. But the truth of the way forward is that we need our government to make the right choices. Yeah. And if we're going to do that, we need to vote. So, uh, I encourage everyone to ask their candidates where they stand on climate issues. Yeah. And to vote accordingly. And what's interesting, too, is, like, one of the, uh, God, I'm giving away so much of the movie, but whatever, go see it anyway, it's amazing. The biggest town in America that is going to be 100% renewable is a fucking deep red city in a deep red county in a deep red Texas. And they're 100% renewable. You don't have to be a liberal to care about the earth. Yeah. You don't have to be a liberal to do the thing that also, by the way, is cheapest. Like, Florida fucking florida we can't use solar because we're like not allowed to we're like because the sun goes the down ener- because of the energy companies no it's the energy companies that, that they're like mm, i mean not want you to use solar because then you're not gonna pay us any more money anymore oh my god like the
0: sun sets what are we gonna do that's not how it works i was like exactly yeah. yes thank you thank you erin yes <laughs> we know
1: yeah, we well, in Florida the issue is the monopoly that the energy and power companies Ooh, have because
0: it bears repeat and uh, capitalism uh, is evil.
1: Uh. One more time with feeling capitalism is evil. Guys, even if you don't believe that capitalism is evil because capitalism could help solve global warming because solar is more efficient and cheaper in the long run. Yep. Yeah. Um, even if you don't believe that capitalism is evil, then you should still also go see this movie, and you should believe that capitalism has the possibility to solve some of our problems as well. Although, it's the Elon Musk brand of capitalism, which is ethical capitalism. Okay. I believe in ethical capitalism.
0: I, at this point, would also like to shout out, um, my friend Chisa Hutchinson's initiative called the Bedrock Initiative.
1: Sorry, your friend who? Chisa
0: Hutchinson. Okay. Um, she's a renowned playwright and I love her. But she started up this fund if you want to contribute, if you are so moved, where because yes, cola is a dying industry, she's just like, hey y'all, no, you guys don't have jobs right now. Um, and I know that like being an entrepreneur, like a small business owner, is like a serious undertaking. The initiative will give you small business loan. If you have a very good proposal and they set you up with like nice, nice mentors to like guide you through it. And like, you can't just like squirrel this money that's and amazing. they'll, and they'll just like bring you through it and like really help you build your business and make well, it nice.
1: And the truth is, and that's wonderful. And, and I'm glad just people like, okay, are supporting that. this is like what them. we need. Yeah. Because the truth is coal is dying. Coal is dead. It's dead in this country because of capitalism, because renewables are actually more efficient and cheaper. Mm-hmm.
0: So to recap, we're fighting the same fight. We're on the same side.
1: We're all on the same side, and we all want a planet to fucking exist for our children. We don't even have children yet. We want everyone to be well-employed and for this planet to exist. If we have children, like, and nothing actually changed, they would grow up in a, a hellscape. A fucking, what did Al Gore call it? A nature walk through revelations. That's That's what's happening, guys. That's what's happening. Anyway, I love you, Al Gore. Thank you for inspiring me, both in terms of climate change, but also in terms of, you know, seeking to affect change and being a, a true missionary and visionary for your cause and also, you know, trying to understand people that have different perspectives than you. Thank you.
0: Thanks, dude. I like Gin 2000. I like, you now.
1: Allie Chan. Yeah. Allie Chan. Yeah. This is the longest episode we've ever done. Meow, meow. Meow. But you know what? It might be worth it. might be worth it. Who knows? Who knows? This is our 20th episode.
0: Oh, my God. This is like an anniversary
1: episode. Maybe that's why it's so long.
0: Every time someone is just like, how many episodes do you and your roommate have out? I'm like, we have 19 at the time. And everyone's like, "Damn, y'all!" I was like, "We're consistent as fuck." And they're like, "Okay, we're consistent that. AF,
1: and you all should be fucking listening. You should so. be subscribed, bitches." Oh yeah, we should also say, if you are listening, and we know, we know you are, we know who you are. Please write us a review. And give us a rating because that would really help us uh, to do things uh, moving forward. Like make money and have nice setups where we can have guests
0: and you can also rage with us if you are also our friend. Yes. Our our number
1: one goal right now, I think our next step is that we would really, really like to have a setup in which we can have guests. Because we know there are a lot of fucking wonderful and funny and informed and passionate people out there. That who are our friends? Are already our friends or not our friends? Yeah, we're not gonna discriminate. I know. Uh, I love who would love I'll to range. Find you. So that's our goal, and we would really appreciate some ratings and reviews. Uh, and yeah, share it with a friend if you if you really like it, yeah. and you have a friend that you think might like it. We understand. We're a little angry. We're a little millennial. We might not be for everyone, but maybe we're for your friend. Maybe
0: who knows? Maybe. As always, you can find Tell us on it. Twitter and Venmo at Ally
1: <laughs> <laughs> Also on Twitter at Aaron the Ride Venmo at I think Aaron Dash Rye? I think I I don't know Ally Dash Champ. Find us. I was an early adapter, um, so like I don't know what my URL is. We're also on Twitter at Aaron and Allie, A L I E E E R I N like a girl. Uh, Aaron and Allie are live-tweeting every Sunday night, Game of Thrones. Get at us, because it's fucking bomb. It was lit. I put up a
0: poll, um, regarding Cersei and butt stuff, so I would appreciate your contributions.
1: Uh, also, this week, we got a mansplainer troll. We got a well-actually. We got a well-actually. A well-actually guy who came through and just felt the need to comment on a couple of our Twitter posts. And I gotta yeah. say, I loved it. Want to know who was still right? Me. I was pretty stoked that someone like took the time that some dude took the time to like thoroughly respond to our clearly comedic Twitter post and be like, Well, this is <laughs> Y'all, we have
0: like five followers.
1: I and was like I felt the need to contribute. I was like a bitch also you... follow us. But also bitch, you do not know more about Game of Thrones than me. You do not. Yeah, yeah. I have read all of the books, I know all of the prophecies. Get the fuck at me. Uh, so, thank you all for listening and thank you for rating and reviewing and thank you for recommending us to a friend. And thank you, John McCain, for uh, healthcare. Oh, how do you feel, Allie? Thanks, Al Gore. And thank you, Al Gore, for like fighting the good fucking fight in the face of terrible, terrible, terrible opposition that is based on lies and not on truth. Speak truth to power, everyone. Speak truth to power. Allie, how do you feel? Tipsy. How do you feel? I feel great. We finished this 40, guys. I feel passionate and inspired, and I hope you all feel the same.
0: I'm gonna take this 40 out of the witch's den and turn it into a vase for
1: flowers. It's that pretty. A vase. A vase. A beautiful vase. A beautiful vase. Sounds great. Thank you all for joining
0: us. Woo! Woo! Wait, wait, wait. Oh, so I'm Erin. And I'm Allie. And, and we hate everything. everything. Bye. Bye.
1: never on the right tempo. Nope!